The 17 News at Sunrise podcast is brought to you by Clinica Sierra Vista. Good to have you with us. I'm Maddie Jansen alongside Alex Fisher. We're starting off this Tuesday with an even better mood because we may actually dip below 100. Today. Yeah, we are definitely looking forward to that forecast. That's for sure. Kevin's been teasing us for a while. It's hard to believe that we're uh, excited about the high 90s, Kev, but here we are. Yeah, some areas will be in the mid 90s. We got triple digits in some locations of the desert, but that's it. So we are definitely seeing a little bit of a cool down. I also wanted to touch on our drought monitor. We haven't talked about that in a while, and you can see here uh, we're still in that exceptional drought category for all of uh, Kern County, and I don't see much change happening until we get some rain, and hopefully that'll happen, but just not in the forecast yet. 72 degrees on the temperature right now, a light wind out of the north northwest at six miles per hour. As we take a look at the day here by 7 a.m. 72 degrees. We'll be at 92 by 1 o'clock and 97 by 4. So close to the triple digits, but we should be shy. Beautiful morning out of Tehachapi. 54 degrees right now. No winds to talk about. A little bit of a breeze picking up throughout the afternoon. And you can see the temperatures for you up your way. Lower 80s by 10 a.m. and then mid 80s expected as we head into the afternoon hours. We'll talk much more about your forecast coming up in just a little bit. For now, back over to you. All right, Kev, thanks so much. And we begin this morning with breaking news and the end of a nearly two month long manhunt for suspected child killer Tyrone Johnson. BPD confirming late last night Johnson is back behind bars. On April 28th, Johnson and his alleged accomplice David Palms cut through the ceiling of their cell at Laredo Jail, then got onto the roof and escaped down a flagpole. Palms was arrested later that day in Shafter, but Johnson evaded authorities until last night. Johnson and Palms are charged in the 2017 shooting of three-year-old Major Sutton and the wounding of the boy's brother and mother. Detentions deputies found stuffed dummies in the men's bunk beds, apparently to fool guards. Investigators later discovered a message written on their cell walls saying, Now you see, now you don't. You may remember on 17 News at Sunrise, Sheriff Donna Youngblood called the escape an embarrassment and expressed concerns about why the two were kept in the same cell despite a prior escape attempt last year. Well, we're taking a real hard look at ourselves, and there's really not a lot of excuses that, uh, uh, for this happening, quite frankly. BPD says Johnson and another man were arrested yesterday following a pursuit where Johnson allegedly crashed on River Boulevard and Bernard Street. A loaded gun was found at the inside the car, according to police. Palms has since pleaded not guilty to new felony charges stemming from the escape. We have been following this case since day one, and for the latest information or, or past stories on David Palms and Tyrone Johnson, just head to our website, KGET.com. Switching gears to local government now, the Board of Supervisors will meet today, and there's a lot on the agenda. First, COVID-19 testing for inmates. Specifically, county leaders will take up whether to increase compensation for Kern Medical staff providing COVID-19 testing to inmates. You may recall since April, Kern Medical has facilitated testing to inmates before they're transferred to state-run facilities. If supervisors approve the increase in compensation, Kern Medical will receive no more than $100,000. The money will be paid by Federal CARES Act funding. Also on the supervisor's agenda, this grand jury report titled Kern County Homelessness and the Impact on Our Community. The report stated that significant amounts of money made available by the state for homeless projects have been lost due to the unwillingness of the Kern County Board of Supervisors and Bakersfield City Council to approve proposed projects. It remains unclear how county leaders will respond. 
And the board's also set to review a grant application from the district attorney's office. The DA is asking the state for roughly one and a half million dollars to go toward the victim witness assistance program. We caught up with DA, assistant DA Joseph Kinzel to learn more. The Kern County District Attorney's Office has a victim witness program that has uh, 11 advocates, approximately 11 advocates, uh, who are responsible for uh, directly working with victims of crime to make sure that their rights are upheld. And that might be rights to restitution. It might be help in understanding the criminal justice process. Um, the grant uh, that is being applied for and is done every year through the Victims of Crime Act is basically our way of seeking federal funding to make sure that Kern County has the resources we need to take care of and protect victims of crime. The funding also pays for advocates at the Family Justice Center and goes toward what are known as mass violence advocates, a group of individuals who respond to and provide support at mass violence events and situations. The Kern County Fair will go on this year, but perhaps without the big name and entertainers that we've been accustomed to. Last night, Kern County Fair CEO Mike Alcott provided an update on plans for the fair. Alcott says they've been able to secure concession stands and commercial ex exhibitors, but they're having a difficult time booking entertainment. Alcott says the biggest problem? Overlapping dates with surrounding festivals. However, some of the small stage entertainment has been booked. The Kern County Fair is set to kick off September 22nd. 506 is your time now. The Bakersfield Police Department will conduct a DUI and driver's license checkpoint tonight at an undisclosed location. The department said the checkpoint will be set up between 6 p.m. and 1 a.m. tomorrow morning. Officers will check for signs of alcohol and drug impairment and proper licensing. According to BPD, penalties stemming from drunk driving arrests can include jail time, fines, court fees, and DUI classes that could cost more than $10,000. An ordinance expanding e-bike access on the Kern River Parkway Trail failed to garner enough support last night. The city's legislative and litigation committee voted against allowing class three e-bikes and motorized scooters on the path. Councilman Andre Gonzalez voted in favor of, amendment, of a, the amendment uh, to the city's municipal code to allow for such uses, while Councilman Ken Weir voted against. Councilman Weir and many community members expressed concerns for the safety of people walking the trail, as well as those who use the equestrian trail. Later this week, part of the Kern River Parkway bike trail will be closed for improvements. The city said the closure will be in place under the Allen Road Bridge in southwest Bakersfield from 7 a.m. till 5 p.m. tomorrow and Thursday. Crews will be installing light fixtures along the bike path under the bridge. Education news this morning. The Kern High School District is hosting two more public forums this month on proposed boundary changes due to the opening of Del Oro High School. The district says a citizens committee has been working since April to revise the attendance boundaries. The new boundaries will go into effect August of 2022 when Del Oro High School opens its doors at East Panama Lane and Cottonwood Road. The community will be able to review the proposed boundary maps and give input at the forums. The next is tonight at Foothill High School from 7 to 9 p.m. The last meeting is set for next Tuesday, June 29th. For more information or to view the boundary maps, you can visit our website, kget.com. And in making news around the nation, an effort to move forward on voting rights is expected to hit a wall in the U.S. Senate today. As Tracy Ponce reports, the debate is largely about how lawmakers get business done. A vote is happening in the U.S. Senate this afternoon on whether to move forward on voting rights, a bill known as the For the People Act. It expands voter registration, early voting, and tightens rules around election security, interference, finance, and ethics. We don't expect there to be a magical 10 votes. 10 Republicans, that's required just to move things forward, 
and that won't happen today. The party's united against it. So this bill may never come up for debate. The real question is how many Democrats agree? A handful have said publicly they want 60 votes, support from both parties just to debate. That is nowhere to be found in the Constitution. And it just became a tool for obstruction. Republicans argue Democrats have used the 60-vote rule before. The same Senate rule a Democratic minority had used with abandon was now somehow a racist relic. Are you afraid to debate it? Do not have any good arguments? A compromise voting rights bill introduced by Democrat Joe Manchin also failed to get Republican support. So after today, it may be back to square one. Black Voters Matter activists are headed to Washington today to push for a voting rights law. Tracy Potts, NBC News. Meantime, the fight for D.C. statehood continues today at the U.S. Capitol as proponents prepare to make their case in front of a Senate committee. It will be only the second time ever the Senate has held a D.C. statehood hearing. Longtime delegate for D.C. Eleanor Holmes Norton told a House committee in March that Congress can no longer allow D.C. residents to be sidelined in the Democratic process. However, many in the GOP are opposed to the idea, with some stating that the hearing's all about creating two new Democratic seats in the Senate. Las Vegas Raiders defensive end Carl Nassib became the first active NFL player to come out as gay yesterday. Nassib made the announcement in a video posted to his Instagram account before pledging a $100,000 donation to the Trevor Project, a nonprofit that helps LGBTQ youth. Nassib is the first player to make the announcement while on an NFL team. In 2014, Michael Sam declared he was gay before the draft, but did not make an NFL roster. NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell and the Raiders shared statements in support of Nassib. Making headlines around the state, one person is dead after a water tank ruptured in Kings County yesterday afternoon. Lemoore City officials say a mechanical failure caused the 1.5 million gallon tank to collapse. The incident left a contractor dead and a city employee injured. Kalosha responded to the scene to investigate. The tank ruptured right across from the West Hills College Lemoore campus. Students there were evacuated and classes canceled. The city says it is planning to supply residents with water from wells while they investigate. Check out this incredible video of a Coast Guard rescue off the coast of Northern California. The U.S. Coast Guard says a helicopter crew hoisted four people from their 79-foot sailboat off the coast of Crescent City Saturday after it started taking on water. They also rescued two people from the water. Coast Guard crews from Oregon were on hand to help as well. Everyone was safely pulled from the water. California's 30-year ban on assault weapons will remain in place at least for a little while longer. Yesterday, a federal appeals court put on a hold, put a hold on a judge's decision earlier this month to overturn that ban. On June 4th, the judge overturned the California ban but gave the state 30 days to challenge the decision. Attorney General Rob Bonta filed an appeal on June 10th. Yesterday's decision means the assault weapons ban will remain in effect while appellate proceedings continue. California lawmakers say they are close to a deal to extend the state's eviction moratorium, which is set to expire next week. 17's Ashley Zavala has more.
I'm optimistic that we're going to extend. As the clock winds down on California's pandemic-related ban on evictions, leaders of California's legislative housing committees say an extension is likely. I believe that we need to extend them. We have hundreds of thousands of Californians who are in very real rental debt, and if we do not extend them, we could see a massive wave of evictions starting in early July. With the moratorium set to expire June 30th, lawmakers are in ongoing discussions with Governor Gavin Newsom on this issue and other aspects of the state budget. A spokesperson with the governor's office Monday said the governor has been clear and consistent with his desire to extend the moratorium and increase state funded rent relief up to 100%. Lawmakers and housing advocates note getting out already authorized rent relief has been a challenge. Newsom's administration recently announced a more streamlined application process, which lawmakers hope will help. It doesn't make sense for us to turn on evictions when we could help folks from being kicked out onto the streets by helping to forgive their rental debt and making sure their landlords are paid. Meanwhile, landlord groups like the California Apartment Association say future protections should only apply to renters most in need. The group says it's open to a short-term extension. Well, a lot of us would like to see the moratorium go through the end of the year. So if, if it goes through September 30th, that would be essentially a compromise. Um, I, I think we can bring the landlord groups along. I know they've been giving feedback. We want to make sure uh, that everyone is at the table Lawmakers could not say exactly when they expect to have an agreement worked out, but are hopeful to have one by next Wednesday. In Sacramento, Ashley Zavala, 17 News.